Hello, everyone, and welcome to Divide and Conquer. We're named as such because of our intent. What is our intent? Well, we are a group of sport and performance psychology consultants at Fort Polk, Louisiana, and we also fall under the ARD, which is the Army Resilience Directorate. You can find them on Facebook and Twitter at Army Resilience. So each episode, we pose a question or issue related to resilience and or performance enhancement that we as a group will conquer through our individual answers, and you'll find out quickly our perspectives and stances are often divided. We hope you enjoy our takes on today's topic, which is, we're just going to be sort of rambling and talking about what about sports psychology performance enhancement resonates with us, and you know that might bleed into why we got into it to begin with. But before we jump into that, I would like to introduce everybody here. With me, I have John Pine. Hello. And Marius, Coach Marius. Yes. I can go. Okay. Um, so as far as things that, like, certain areas that really interest me in this field, I think cultivating honest self-awareness with yourself as uh, when you're looking at your performances is crucial and a real foundational skill that a lot of people think they have but again that that honest self-awareness part is the can be the tough part because it requires some humility some aspects of performance to say to yourself that okay I lack in this area I lack in that area how can I be better at something and I think a lot of people, they place a lot of emphasis on things that are out of their control, a lot of excuses as to why things didn't go the way they wanted it to. And sometimes it's it's much, a lot of the time, it's much more in our own control. So I think cultivating honest self-awareness for yourself is a real foundational skill that bleeds into a lot of other areas that we tend to talk about as far as performance-related mental skills, training skills. I very much, what I was going to say is very much in line with what you just said, John. I feel like these skills for, you know, even though they are hyper-focused within sport and performance, I feel like are great for, they're so great for cultivating awareness in all aspects of any individual's life, which I think is something that is severely, my soapbox here. It is severely lacking within, I would wager, most people's lives. And I think we would be better off altogether if we had a better sense of what we're thinking, how that thinking influences our emotions and behaviors, and whether or not we, or not whether or not, because we do have patterns of all those things combined or independent of each other, but patterns of behaviors, emotions, and thoughts are affecting us on a daily basis and over time. These skills would allow us as individuals to move past a lot of the aspects of ourselves that are products of our environment and the way we're raised that have produced less than effective or ideal trends or ways of coping with tough situations. Granted, it's kind of hard to work around, but at least these skills give us a footing to, to do exactly that. And hopefully, I think in an ideal world would allow us to stop viewing ourselves as victims of our circumstances and environment and more of in control of our own lives, regardless of your thoughts on free will. <laughs> I like thinking of it as you can't change what you're not aware of. So with that in mind, I'm curious for both of you, 
what either for you personally or for people that you work with how would you suggest people go about starting that self-awareness if they hear this and they're like oh i'm interested i want to become a little bit more self-aware what are things that they could start doing today to help them work on that skill for me what really helped spark this i guess fascination with these skills was actually doing mindfulness meditation like just starting it and that allowed me to sit with my own thoughts and my own emotions and you know those thoughts included interpretations of you know the way i viewed myself within the context of society at large the way i felt about you know current situations that were happening in my life and allowed me to really sit with those thoughts and emotions but also like i think we all have a natural tendency to problem solve or at least most of us do and that kind of set the gears in motion to i i think be better equipped to solve these situations in a way that you know there's less repercussions and i think it's more effortful thought behind the solution that i came up with for myself personally um um thinking about my past and this kind of goes on to your point diego of the transferability of these skills um i remember when i was younger i was always really good at handling adversity outside of sport so when things would happen in my life i was always able to compartmentalize and you know there's always going to be tomorrow be able to refocus and think about what was you know what I could do to make that situation better or just to move on from that situation in general but for some reason when it came to sports I was so I would get so angry at myself I would get so angry and I would carry that anger I would like so I played baseball I would you know either strike out um, swing at a bad pitch, get called out with a pitch I didn't agree with, whatever the case was, and I would carry that anger out onto the field with me. I would carry it to my next at bat. I'd carry it around with me after the game. And when I got to my master's program, what really helped me engage in this act, like idea of self-awareness and the transferability of these skills is I would ask myself, you know, adversity strikes in all areas of life. Why was I handling some of it so well and able to walk away or manage my emotions more in some areas versus others? And so I would begin to critically look at, well, what was I really upset with in baseball? Was it fear of failure? Was it, you know, not living up to what I thought I could be in baseball? That type of thing, just social expectations, um, and so that's what really kind of drove home the self-awareness bit for me anyway. Um, so my advice to anyone listening would be to maybe look in those areas where you're a little more irrational with your emotions. Um, and again, that takes the awareness for you to realize that you're being irrational and think about uh, like times where you've handled things more calmly and kind of compare contrast those two things, see what worked and what didn't work in the past and start to create this like I said this honest self-awareness for yourself i think john you bring up a good point of looking at i think you said irrational emotion i think most of us are better 
cued into what we're feeling at any given point. Maybe not so much as to why we're feeling that way. I think there's an automatic assumption that it that we're feeling this way because of because X happened to me. One of the ways we teach the ATC skill and the practical application of it is to prompt the the audience to tap into a time or situation where they felt or they noticed emotions that seemed to be um, out of proportion or a disconnect with what they're actually thinking or just feeling an extreme emotion. And I think that is a cue that can be more readily available to us and our awareness. But I mean, there's a reason why we use that cue because I think it's much easier for people to tap into. Marius, so now that we answered it, what what would your advice be for someone looking to cultivate that self-awareness? We got good ideas already. <laughs> so, yes. Um, in addition to that, I think for some people, journaling can be helpful. And journaling typically sounds quite heavy. I like to think of it as just note-taking on your life. So if there's specific areas, so John, you mentioned... Um, baseball, if I'm trying to get better at baseball, I might start taking notes on my games, my practices, my training to see what emotions are coming up, what thoughts are coming up, and maybe results. And through taking those notes, you start being able to see patterns. You start being able to see things come up or things that are going well, things that might not be going so well. And that can bring that stuff to awareness, right? When you're putting those feelings and thoughts down onto paper, it also gives you a different perspective. You're able to separate yourself from them a little bit more than just feeling them and experiencing them in the moment. So I like note-taking a lot because it's an audit that you can do on yourself. And then I would include the people surrounding you. So whether it's family, friends, teammates, coworkers, asking them questions of, hey, I know I want to get better in this area. So let's see what my coworker has noticed. Let's see what my boss has noticed. And you can use that to become more aware of blind spots. Um, you might be doing something really well that you're not quite that aware of. Or you might also be doing something poorly that you're not that aware of. And so getting those different perspectives can help grow that awareness. And I see that just as an extension of that note-taking. So the note-taking is getting a different perspective yourself, on yourself. Whereas extending that out to others is broadening that out to other perspectives that other people have. Yeah, and I think the way you explain journaling and note-taking... I think would help some people who are iffy on it. Cause I think people hear journaling or especially note taking just those words by themselves and view them as sort of just, it looks like another thing to get, to get through nothing to, to do and have to do, I think maybe is a bit more accurate, but you know, understanding the intent behind it and how it can help you, I think could go a long way. And so hopefully if anyone has listened to your explanation and, you know, was maybe interested, but not fully aware of what it, what it really means to sit down and journal and note take, then, you know, has a better idea of 
how it could help them personally. Yeah, and just keeping it as simple as possible, right? We have our phones attached to us 24-7. Take your notes on your phone, you know? It doesn't need to be like pen and paper, which I'm a fan of, but I'm a fan of it because it works for me and it's something that I can be consistent with. So if anyone is looking to grow their self-awareness, I would start with, hey, what's the simplest thing that you can do and be consistent with if that's something that you're interested in? And start there. And then if you want to build out later, sure, go ahead. But start with the simplest way. So if that's, you know, opening the notes section on your phone and doing it there, awesome. I mean, we're already cyborgs anyway at this point. Lean in. Yeah, lean into the cyborg uh, future. I'm pretty sure there's apps too that were designed to to structure your journaling or note-taking to be a bit more uh, streamlined in case you're new to it too. But hashtag we are not sponsored for an app well you can in all seriousness you can use consistent questions to to drive that so three questions that you can an example of this would be three questions that you ask on a consistent basis of what am i doing well what do i what can i be better at and you know what am i going to implement tomorrow so, and you just keep asking yourself those questions over and over again, and it can direct that focus to those areas. Um, but that's just one way, right? For some people, it's completely unstructured. For some people, it's buying a journal that has prompts or thinking up of questions themselves. Yeah, and I think that goes along with the famous adverb or proverb, not adverb, proverb of psychology in general the it depends notion so for some people a simple prompt is enough for other people it might be you know having a very structured and set journal that has pre-filled sections for them because I've, I've seen those too but it's all going to depend on your flavor and what you like i think that actually segues very nicely to what really resonates with sport and performance psychology for me. So I was going to say that it's the idea of focusing on the quality of your response to the events around you. So for me, that idea is very powerful of focusing on what I can control, letting go of what I can't control, knowing that I'm not at the whim of my own thoughts, emotions, and reactions that I can actually train the way that I would like to respond in all sorts of situations, high pressure situations, um, high stakes situations, low stakes situations. I can train that. However, what you just mentioned of it depends. I think for me in my role, I think that's something that I enjoy the most that no two people think the same. No two people have the same situation experience. And so the way I see it, it's an amazing, fun challenge of any time you work with a person, a team, a group, kind of putting those puzzle pieces together, figuring out, okay, what's what are the unique challenges that these people, this person, what are they facing? And how can I use my own knowledge of sport and performance psychology to help them apply concepts to their situation? So for me, that's meant 
backing off of this position as an expert and just, you know, telling them all this stuff that they should know. And it's really asking more questions that will guide their focus, their effort, their time to places that can make a more immediate impact. So I've gone away from thinking like, hey, I need to stand in front of you as this expert and I know all the answers. Let me tell you about this and then, yeah, go figure it out. It's how can I ask questions that help guide you towards a path that actually is going to help you with your actual life. So that's why I like things like those questions that I mentioned because I feel like as sport and performance psychology consultants, we're in the unique position where we can craft questions like that that are backed by research. But if you ask them time and time again, they'll hopefully give you answers that you can act upon and actually improve your situation. So I have a question based off of my answer. Being in the position that we are in, you know, we have this fancy title of performance experts but how do you help guide whoever you're working with in a way that utilizes their experiences and their unique situations to help them so what is the approach that you take of combining your knowledge and making it as applicable as possible you know at risk of i guess taking exactly what you just said about how you view your position because prior to to this job you know being educated and seriously asking yourself like what is your approach to being a practitioner i very much always gravitated towards a much more like a traditional sentence called like a client-centered approach where the expertise role is kind of flipped the client knows more about their own situation than we do so it's why not use them as a a well from which you can gather information that can only help you further and then we apply theory to what they say about their experience yes and but at the same time not putting ourselves in that power differential role in terms of like you need to listen to what i say because it fits in exactly this way but it's much more collaborative in my view, and that's how I like to approach more specific and detailed work with different clients. Because, I mean, it's, I think it can be tricky for some people to navigate the murkiness of everyone being their own human and having different experiences. But that, I think, is the beauty of where these skills can really flourish within any given person's life. It's because... There are unique opportunities for these skills to be applied and for them to be practiced, to be beneficial. But it's a matter of being able to cue in the cue into the the client's words, perspective, their own wisdom, to be cliche, um, so that everyone is on the same page and you can do the best as a practitioner to guide them. And I would would have to agree with Diego. Maybe it's a University of Tennessee thing. Go Vols. GBO. <laughs> um, but yeah, that phenomenological approach. Exactly. Is I agree with. I think it's a um, phenomenological approach, I guess, for everyone is just using the client's experience to guide how you're helping them. 
And so even when I am working one-on-one with a client, before I got to the Army, I worked with a lot of several different athletes and different performers, and I would ask them, the before we started, I would tell them, you know, similarly to, to what you said, you're the expert of your own experience. I'm the expert in performance psychology, sports psychology. Together, we're going to create this partnership. It's not a teacher-student relationship we have here. It's going to be a partnership to help you improve your performance. And this really struck home with me. Uh, Like I said, I worked with several different athletes. And then at one point while I was at Tennessee, I had to work with a theater actor. And it was different because their goal wasn't to beat out someone else or to compete better than someone else, but just to give an authentic performance. And that really highlighted for me that everyone has their own end goal in mind and even if you're you know whether you're a like a stage performer an athlete you're an athlete in the same sport even you might have two totally different end goals in mind right some kids might be trying to play for that athletic scholarship just to go to school for free while others might play for that athletic scholarship to go on to the next step to become a professional in whatever sport they're playing and um i think that the more we can understand the client's experience, the more help we will be to them. So with, I think my intent today, whether it was known to you guys or not, was for hopefully whoever listens to us to get a better sense of who we are, but also our perspectives when it comes to answering the different topics or questions that we bring forth during this podcast. And hopefully that can make sense of some of the murkiness that I'm assuming is, you know, plaguing our answers. Cause I feel like we can be very tempted and also it's easy to, to jump into the details and weeds and not really back in, <laughs> but you know, maybe it's, it's more on us to, to be more aware of that. You know, we still need to have that self-awareness piece growing on a consistent basis too and with that said hope you all have enjoyed this one it's a shorty but a goodie so with that we leave you all for this episode and we'll see you next time bye